there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly. Listen live for weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! So is it normal service resuming for Celtic on Sunday? Their treble dream vanished last weekend, but they're still on course for a League Cup and title double. Simon Dodley did voice his concerns last Friday. <laughs> That's him coughing in the background. Uh, what are we going to make the next two hours um, about Celtic's Scottish Cup semi-final chances? Will that result, Simon, have any impact on their Premiership hopes? Uh, well, it's a big weekend for both both teams I think Rangers will be on a high it's natural you know they've got one over in their, their biggest rivals in a, in a big semi-final to get themselves into the Scottish Cup final Celtic they'll need to dust themselves down focus on a difficult game at Dingwall the pressure could be right on them after the game on Saturday if Rangers get the right result but there's five games to go and they've got themselves into a great position strong position they still need to go over the line just focus on it and, and bounce back from Sunday Was that a cough you recovering from that run you were on earlier on are you still, 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 still struggling? Re- still recovering yeah we're out of run this You've morning. got two hours to go <laughs> let's hope he's going to make it uh, Rangers play Saturday now of course at Motherwell uh, to give them more prep time ahead of their Europa League semi-final uh, the difference in the title race could be back to, can read one writing there could be back to three points uh, by the time Celtic go to Dingwall to face Ross County uh, are Rangers reawakened in any way Craig in terms of this title? Look there's there's no doubt whatsoever the last week in terms of the, the European result and then also the, the semi-final against Celtic both times in extra time, I might add, um, you know, getting through those those tough matches can give you a lot of belief, Rob. There's no no doubt about that. Have the opportunity uh, if they want to have any chance of trying to keep that pressure on Celtic, you know, to, to get a win against Motherwell and reduce that deficit to three points for, for Celtic come Sunday. But it's still it's still in Celtic's hands to lose. Um, you know, you would think that the way things have, have panned out uh, in recent times, that they'll still be good enough to go and, and get the job done. Rangers' situation is they have to go and win every game uh, to have a chance of winning the title. If there is a slip, then it can be a very interesting run-in. But I still think it's, it's Celtics to lose. And of course, it could be Rangers who slip on Saturday. If they don't get all three points at Motherwell on Saturday, then of course, um, that would remove any faint hopes, you would imagine, of of catching Celtic. So, so it could go that way. But if Rangers do win, Simon, uh, do you <clears throat> see Sunday as being crucial for Celtic getting back on track against a team who at the moment outside of the the top two are flying as high as anyone in Scotland I think it's a crucial game anyway Rob to be honest I think now I will tell you five games to go every game is going to bring its own tests nothing's going to be easy the pressure is intense Celtic have got the cushion of the six points 
but they, they, they have to make sure that that's still there going into the game against Rangers two weeks from now and again that's, there's no guarantee Rangers are going to go to Fir Park and get the result so I think it's really I've been saying this for weeks it's, it's the group of players that are going to handle the pressure the best that will come out on top Celtic have got the cushion but they have to get back on track after Sunday Is this shaping now Craig as a season from which Rangers can take a fair bit of satisfaction they're in the last four of Europa League they've got a decent chance you would have to think of getting to the final yep. uh, they're one game away from landing the Scottish Cup for the first time in 11 years but they still haven't won anything this season um, so there's still um, there's a lot on the table as you've discussed um, puts them in a, in a, in a decent position uh, Rob for silverware but it's, it's, it's still you know the, the back end of the season the amount of games that you're having to play in, in, the, in the short turnaround now obviously with the, the involvement still in Europe having to utilise the whole squad um, which you have to and, and players then need to be able to come in and make that impact and make sure the standard doesn't drop um, but at the end of the season if a trophy isn't lifted then a lot of the Rangers supporters will feel as if it's um, it's an unacceptable season that's just the way it is at the football club uh, they have put themselves in a position they need to win a trophy they're in a great position to at least go and, uh, and win a, a Scottish Cup final but at the same time you're up you know, against a, a Hearts team that have been fantastic this season mm-hmm. and will certainly go in there feeling as if they've got a, a really good opportunity to, to lift the cup as well. Do you feel as if the complexion has changed a little bit in a positive direction for Rangers from where we were looking into those two games in four days? Massively, massively. I mean, the, the, the two results have, have been enormous and actually the way that the, the two results have came about, you know, it's, it's, it's been hard work, it's been graft, every player has been required, everybody's had to um, do their job. No passengers were possible. Uh, they've done that, they've done that through extra time. And, you know, Sid will tell you, sometimes as a, as a football player, winning uh, certainly breeds confidence, but it also, if you get in that feeling of, oh, I'm a little bit tired and all that sort of stuff, it's amazing what winning football matches does. All of a sudden, that that tiredness, feeling sorry for yourself, that's not there. It's it's replaced yeah. by energy and desire <clears throat> and wanting, that, wanting that next game. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the bit that we've been kind of speculating on how Rangers would recover after the, the European games. But I've always been of the thinking, if, if, they're, if they're winning games and they're going through the tiredness doesn't become I mean it was evident at the weekend it goes 120 minutes and I thought Rangers looked the freshest in the extra time uh, whether the wind was taking out Celtic sails with equaliser you know whether they thought they were close to getting the result I don't know but as Oz says their confidence comes from winning and, and they've got through to a semi-final it was a make or break week for Rangers I really thought you know it could have went obviously one or two ways but they have come through it uh, very strongly and they must have that feel-good factor. It was four hours of football in four days. It was massive for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. You'd have never have known it from him, from his demeanour, because that's the way he is, win, lose or draw. Uh, You know, he's pretty implacable, isn't he, in front of the camera. But uh, he must have been feeling the pressure because it was make or break and those two games have made a massive difference. Rob, would you like to see a little bit of up and down from, from Giovanni? A little bit of a change? I think, look, I, I, you know, with Giovanni, is he's very one tone. Uh, you know, he speaks in the same way, same way. Um, the pitch doesn't doesn't change uh, whether it's after a disappointing result or a, or a fantastic winning performance. Uh, it's that it's that consistent level that he shows. 
that's the type of person he is. Um, but he, you know, deep down, I don't know whether he goes back and has a, a glass of wine or something like that with his with his wife and all that. But he would be absolutely delighted with um, the effort and most importantly the the, the two results. It, it was a huge week, and I think. Um, you know, we, we all agree it could have been a completely different mm. um, time for Rangers if the results weren't there and the pressure would have continued to heap on Giovanni. But how much pressure would have been on him uh, had, say, both games had been lost? Yeah. Um, would would um, would the fans have been looking for his head? Yes. Even though he hasn't really had a transfer window in which to change things around? Th- there would have been, I have no doubt. Um you know, Glasgow's a small place. You speak mm, to a lot of people. I know. Uh, if that was the case, Rob, then he would have been under pressure. Big pressure, big pressure. I think just from the turnaround and the and the from when he came in, although it's a it's a difficult one. I've been on the show before saying that Ange was a a transfer window ahead of Gio. Gio came in, has to get to know the players, has to work with the guys. All of a sudden, January comes round. At the time, Rain, uh, Celtic were on an incredible run, turning it round. So there was huge pressure on. That's why I described it last week as a make or break. Mm-hmm. Because if you go out of both, there, there would have been people calling for his head. He's came through it, uh, flying colours. And they go into this weekend now, they must feel 10 feet tall after the week they've had. And that's where Celtic now, as the team that are leading, have to really step up again and get back to the form that they've showed and how they got to where they are with the six-point gap. We're talking uh, Scottish football getting back into the league game this weekend. Uh, there's a big game, of course, tomorrow night in the Championship. Um, it couldn't have been scripted much better. The second last fixture is Kilmarnock against Arbroath. It's the top two in the Championship. There is one point between them. And in the second hour of the show, we will be speaking to the man who signed Simon Donnelly for Partick Thistle 16 years ago, who is... Dick Campbell, yeah. the one and only. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, well, they have to win, don't they? The, the, because there is another yeah. game to go, but they will feel uh, it's kind of it, it's a winner-takes-all, isn't it? Because obviously so. if Killy win, then that's it done and dusted. I think so, and I think you've got to give Arbroath huge credit because I don't know if Dick would describe it, uh, describe it this way, but they, they rocked a wee bit. They got a couple of poorer results and Kilmarnock seemed to be running away with that and then Kilmarnock slip up last yeah. week mm-hmm. and Arbroath respond brilliantly and have set it up beautifully for tomorrow night I think it's going to be a full house down at Rugby Park and you know I would not be surprised if Arbroath produced a result and of course uh, Derek McInnes is one of the names who is being linked with the vacancy at Hibs we've just had a, a statement released by by Sean Maloney who lasted 120 days Craig that was all he got 19 games uh, as Hibs manager um, he's quoted today as saying it was my deepest desire to be able to deliver for the fans a team of which they could feel proud and inspired by uh, even though the pain of our defeat last weekend remains raw I was convinced all the more by the nature of the performance uh, and the desire we showed even when reduced to 10 men that given time we would have achieved this but the man who showed him the exit door uh, was talking last night answering questions from the media and explaining uh, why he decided to get rid of his manager after less than four months I think there are multitudes of factors but the performance is really what drove the decision ultimately when you look at the results it's just really not acceptable I think for a club like Hibs yeah, there, there are obviously other issues as well, but not, not anything that, that would really overshadow the results. You know, we need to have, I think, a mindset at Hibs, at least I hope that's where we're going, of both winning 
and excellence in everything that we're doing. You know, that, that wasn't quite happening on the football side. And it's a shame because quite honestly, we've got a lot of really good things happening at the club. The club generally, in my, in my mind, is making a tremendous amount of progress and growing and doing really, really well. But if we don't get the football right, it really doesn't matter. And uh, we were not getting the football right. So we needed to, to fix that. I wonder what the other factors were in Sean Mullery's sacking. Would it not have been all about results? Well, I think every football manager understands that when they, they sign that contract in whatever club they're representing, it's it's about results. It's about winning football matches. Um, Sean Maloney come in with a, with a fantastic resume in terms of the experience that he had gained uh, with Martinez and the Belgian national team set up, um, but still yet to have that, that head coach experience himself. Um, so that was the risk and I think I'd said that at the time that mm. was the risk um, and at the same time you know he's tried to make significant change in in, in the playing style um, and it's very very hard and uh, you know I'm certainly not going to come here and, and pot Sean Maloney because I'm no head coach but when you try to to change the playing style you still need to get results um, you just need to try and find that balance unfortunately he, he wasn't able to um, you know, for whatever reason that may be, you know, whether, um, you know, it was down to a little bit of bad luck, whether or not there was the, the right buy-in from players, which sometimes happens as, as well, Rob. Um, but, you know, Hibs have made a pretty swift decision. Um, what comes next? Who knows? Who knows? Um, be very interesting to see what the next steps are for, for Hibs because after ta- taking such a, I think, a big risk, you can't can't afford to get it wrong twice in quick succession. Did you expect it to work for Sean Maloney at Hibs, Simon? Uh, I was unsure, but I didn't expect it to finish the way it has so soon. I really didn't. Were Hibs wrong to get rid of him so quickly? I think they were. I think they were. I mean, who would be a, a football manager? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So Hibs get rid of the last manager just on the, the eve of a, a cup final. Uh, and this one, all right, the disappointment. Hibs and Aberdeen are two big clubs to be in the bottom six that's granted but the guys came in at a period where and I say I'm on, on, only on the outside looking in at Hibs Martin Boyle was their best player mm. by a country mile mm. and they lose him and then I don't know they, they expect them to pull rabbits out the hat straight away you've got to give the guy time I think watching the game at the weekend I agree with some of his, his statement there where Hearts got off to a great start in the game scored a couple of great goals Hibs responded really well I thought Hibs, you know, acquitted themselves well in the second half. They, they looked as if they were playing for their manager. Get down to 10 men, it's always going to be difficult, but it was kind of hearts that were kind of hanging on in the end. Hibs were pushing to make it to each. So I think it's harsh. I don't, I mean, the guy's obviously admitted he's, in his opinion, he's made a mistake. Uh, appointing him in the first place. But again, I go back to the, the last guy, Jack Ross, lost his job on the eve of a cup final. So yeah. I go back to my initial statement, who would be a manager? You've got to give a guy more time than that. And here is Ron Gordon speaking um, about the Jack Ross episode. I, I'm happy with the decision that we made, but on a personal level, I, I happen to think Jack is an outstanding uh, person and an outstanding leader. Uh, and, you know, perhaps in, in, in retrospect, we could review that. But, but honestly, I, I thought it was the right move at the, at the time. I have, I have to take responsibility for that. Um, and you know, on a personal level, it was a difficult one. A difficult one because there, there are many things about Jack that are just outstanding. 
He's an outstanding person and an outstanding leader, but uh, I got rid of him. <laughs> and, 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 and and the problem, one of the problems for Hibbs here, I think, Craig, is that Jack Ross was there for a while, but it all did happen quite suddenly mm-hmm. and unexpectedly with that yeah. cut final just around the corner. This has happened really quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. Is this going to put other managers off because they don't reckon they're going to get time? Again, I think Hibbs are a, are a fantastic football club and there will be managers that, are really keen to to explore the possibilities, but there will be a lot of managers that will be thinking, oh, "Hang on, um, maybe may, maybe I'm not so keen to explore that situation because uh, you know you've got a you've got an owner that, that may be a little bit quick in terms of making decisions on on management." Um, so I, I can see that side, Rob, as well. Um, but like I says, I mean, end of the day, the owners um, they 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 put their money in, and and therefore they they have the right to make the the big calls. The big calls, but it was a strange kind of interview with the praise that he was he was putting on on Jack Ross. Um, for again, as Sid touched on, to lose him or allow that situation in the first place, and then you know with with Sean Maloney, I agree with Simon. I think every manager should be given time. Um, you know, when when you make that decision, then I don't know what changes in three or four months uh, significantly in terms of whether they're the right or wrong person. But they need time. They need windows. They need to put their own stamp on teams. He never had that. So we're talking uh, title race, uh, resuming. Is there a title race or is it all over? Do you see that changing across the weekend with that big game uh, tomorrow night in the Championship? Is it going to be Kilmarnock who will get the job done and seal their return to the top flight Scottish Cup final? Rangers against Hearts. How do you see that one going? Are Rangers going to get silverware to end the season? Will it be double silverware? Will they get to and win the Europa League final? Will it be Rangers against West Ham, a battle of Britain? That is a possibility, no doubt about it. We're talking about that job (coughs) vacancy. We'll come up with some candidates and some some contenders uh, for the manager's job at Hibs. And one manager's job that uh, was filled today, we knew all about it, it finally happened, it was confirmed. Eric Ten Hag has gone from Ajax to become the new Manchester United manager. And I was just listening to Ralph Rangnick, the current man in charge, on the back of that 4-0 defeat uh, from Liverpool uh, the other night. And he was saying it would take Manchester United six Six years years to get to where Liverpool are. I mean, that just seems a crazy length of time. I can imagine the the Manchester United supporters (laughs) listening to that and how happy they were to to hear that. I mean, look, there's been severe problems um, at that club for, for some for some time, you know, there's the likes of you listen to Roy Keane speak about uh, the club in terms of what it was like when he was there and what he's kind of seeing now. I mean, the disappointment is clear. The 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 lack of direction, I think, has also been clear. Um, and we talk about managers coming into a job and pressure. And um, I tell you what, Eric Ten Hag, fair play because there's a lot of pressure now on, on this man to go in and, and turn things around at the football club. Mind you, he'll be quite happy with that quote, won't he, that it's going to take six years. In fact, some some people, some pundits <coughs> were saying six years, it might take eight or ten years. You know, well, so, so so is he? will he get that time to gradually turn things around? Because Manchester United are a superpower, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, do you get that time? I really don't know. I think you'll get, you'll get a couple of seasons maybe just to, to go and build it and, and if... If it looks as if Man, Man United are getting closer, I think that will be tolerated by the fans just now, just on the, the basis of where they are right this, at this point. How long did it take Klopp? Was that... Couple. Two or yeah. three? Couple, yeah. 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 So uh, It's a balance that I think that, that really needs to be struck at, at, at Man United and I hope with Eric Ten Hag that 
there's no doubt players and the type of football he want to play, we know it'll be beautiful on the eye. Yep. But he'll need to have that <clears> balance um, because that's the that's the that's probably the biggest criticism of Manchester United in recent times is that lack of hunger, desire, competitiveness. That is required. You need the balance to be the very, very best and it's what the club have and a lot of supporters have only known. Yeah. And it's just I think, been a long way you need off. The, you, need the, you need the characters and you need, you need the dressing room. You need... I don't feel that. I know Oli was popular and I really wanted him to do well as an ex-pro, but I just have had the feeling over the last period that the manager doesn't really have that dressing room. You know, there's big no. characters in it. And I think you maybe need to move a few of them on. Yeah, he, he's, Of course, he goes from here to a two-year consultancy, Ralph Rangnick, and you can't say that he has set the heather alight at all uh, few signs of progress at all in, in, in terms of progress at Manchester United a massive clear out is surely on the way it's another uh, big talking point uh, on a day when there is plenty to talk about on the football front Craig Moore Simon Donnelly Rob McLean and you 0808 17 17 700 talking football it's what we do the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go, 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 go. That, was, uh, that was producer James in the background uh, You're not meant to be on air, that's the, that's the theory <laughs> anyway But uh, sometimes difficult to stop him He's, uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's on the go Get out of here it's uh, Craig Moore, Simon Donnelly, Rob McLean, and it is Thursday's Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Uh, and McLean gets it right. Ten Hag is fifty-two. Is um, he? Yeah, he I is. Had him, I had him mid forties. Yeah, so. I thought forties. Yeah, we were just looking at pictures of him on the on the screen in the studio. Uh, Eric Ten Hag, the new manager of Manchester United, as of today, saw it coming. Of course, it was it had been speculated on for a while. The Ajax coach is now the Manchester United manager, and I think we wish him a resounding good luck, don't we? And he's uh, well, he may, if if he if he looks like he does and he's fifty two, let's see him in a year. <laughs> exactly, it might, it might not get any better for him because they are a club under pressure, and uh, you would imagine do you, are, are too many of their players, Craig, do they play for themselves rather than? Uh, get in the trenches for the team? It's, look, it, it's very, very difficult when you're on the outside to, to make those kind of kind of calls. But, you know, sometimes as, as players, um, you know, it's important to, you know, maybe have that manager that, that gives you the confidence and belief and you know, it's just, it's management. Um, leaders, uh, I think, have, have been lacking within that football club. They've got good players. They've got no doubt talented about it. players, but, yeah. I mean, not only... They're a million miles off. But you look at first, first well. half. They showed a little bit of second half, but mm. you look at Lingard when he when he left Man United and had his, his spell with West, West Ham, Ham, and he comes back and but, but it's you, gone at games. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But what he showed at West Ham, mm. yeah, that's that's what we all know yeah. that's there. Yeah. But unfortunately, Man United haven't seen that. A lot of credit to Scott McTominay, actually. I think we'll we'll come back to this later in the show, but uh, maybe it maybe puts Scott McTominay's performances this season up a few notches as well, considering uh, the team he's playing in at the moment, who are underachieving big time. Simon Donnelly, Craig Moore, Rob McLean on the show, and we've got Craig with us as well. Hi, Craig. How are you doing, Rob? Craig, Simon, how's it going? Hey, Craig. Yeah. Hi, Craig. Well, thanks. You are you about to get your delivery at the door anytime now, or? <laughs> no, no, not, not tonight. Rob. Not tonight. So, no, that's a Friday night. Uh, oh, I see. It's only Thursday. <laughs> Are you? Is that a do-it-yourself um, job tonight? <clears throat> oh, very much so. Yes. Okay. Um, I no. So I was just phoning. Obviously, I've not really had 
Bit on since Sunday that, and I, I felt, you know, having heard a lot of things during the week, and I must say, I'm glad we've got VR coming in because the majority of this week, uh, all the phone calls I heard about Sunday were all regarding Bobby Madden's performance, and not, mm. like, you know, uh, and not enough of them were about the actual football because for me, I didn't, I didn't think he had a, a great game by any stretch of the imagination, but actually, I don't think he made any overly egregious. Decision that you'd think, oh, you know, straight red card or stonewall penalty, or you know, they were relatively minor decisions. Um, and I think the the, the general uh, opinion was that, that he he was pretty poor for both teams. It, wa- it wasn't as if you know, as you say, he oh, made one big decision that changed the ho- course of the game. Um, it, and maybe against the background of pretty average Scottish refereeing, anyway, uh, maybe it shouldn't have stood out. But did, did you feel that it took away from the the quality of the the Rangers' performance, Craig? I think it does, yeah. I think that took away from it um, just a, a little bit, just purely because I felt, given all the circumstances surrounding that game, I mean, that, that whole week there was a huge week for Gio. You know, he had, he had to he had to win at least one of the games. I don't I don't think he could have held it against him too much had he not won in Europe because the quarterfinal still a sensational uh, achievement, but he did. So getting through that 120 minutes, there was no way you thought that you'd go into extra time and it would be... Celtic players who are dead in their feet and um, you know hardly able to walk, whereas Rangers players were absolutely. I mean, they looked like they could have gone another half an hour. That was incredible levels of the fitness they had. Uh, a lot of them. Um, so I think that that really gets lost in the shuffle. I also think, and listen, maybe I'm being overly ambitious here. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the story of that game seemed to be Celtic were the treble chasers and Rangers weren't. Now, although it's unlikely, Rangers could still win a treble this season as well. Uh, well, it's Celtic can't now, but Rangers could also could still win a treble. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they will, but it's possible. Um, and I think that kind of was almost forgotten about as well that you know Celtic haven't actually officially won the league title just yet. So, so do you think the title race could come alive at the weekend, Craig? I think it's possible. I think what Rangers need to do now, and it's the only thing you can do, is put pressure on. We've been given an opportunity to play before Celtic. That's not something we'll get a lot of times this season. So close the gap to three points on Saturday uh, against Motherwell, which look, it's never easy, but we have beaten them this season quite comfortably, actually, at Far Park. Uh, and then see what happens, because Celtic are up in Dingle, and it did take them a last-minute winner. Last time plus, I don't know how many of their players are, are going to be missing for the game or are going to be you know tired or all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you put that pressure on, and ask a question, because I think... We've lacked that this year. We haven't really put Celtic under the cosh in many respects because the last time they did drop points uh, away to Hibernian, we bought it at Ibrox um, and failed to apply pressure. So that that's the key. And I think Ross County are capable of taking points off Celtic. I mean, if they can score three and take points off us, why, why couldn't they do it to Celtic? Craig? It's a massive weekend of football, but Craig, you make an interesting point in terms of the uh, the the media and the publicity leading into uh, the semi final, and you're talking about you know Celtic and the the, the treble possibilities and, and what have you. But look, Simon and myself have probably been on the flip side of that in terms of when the media seems to be against you, and you kind of you can use that um, as motivation as well within a group and I've no doubt that that's something that Rangers would have looked to, to utilise as motivation but at the end of the day you've still got to go out there and and, and do that job and to go on and, and still look as strong as what they did um, at the back end of, of 
you know, that match in extra time, uh, that, that gives a lot of belief and confidence. And for me, playing football matches is what players want to do. The, the, the amount of games that are coming now for Rangers, yes, it's a heavy schedule. Um, players are not in love with, tra- with training all the time. So getting those games and regular games and every match now is, is a must-win, is a must-win match. So every, every game's a final and I think that's good pressure to be under. Can they, can they at least put that pressure and keep that pressure on Celtic this weekend? I believe they can, but Rangers have got no choice. And then it's up to Celtic to see whether they can follow up on the Sunday. And you look at the, Simon, you look at the psychology of it as well. The fact that that game's been moved for Rangers at the weekend. Suddenly, uh, they've, they've got that extra day of rest ahead of uh, Leipzig in the semi-final that they wanted. And what it also means, as Craig uh, and Cumbernauld says, is that there's that chance to close the gap to three points and say to Celtic, is normal service resuming in Dingwall tomorrow or <clears throat> do you have a hangover from you know a rare domestic defeat? Yeah, and that's why it's such an important weekend and such an interesting weekend. And it's, it's been like that for... I mean, that's what a title race is all about. You know, we watched Rangers kind of run away with it last year after January. But this is a title race and I know what Craig's saying and he's 100% right if you're in the Rangers dressing room you want to go and win that game and, and ask the question of your rivals what I would suggest is Celtic had applied that pressure to Rangers and, and, and managed to turn it round but now they're in a different position mm-hmm. and the disappointment of the weekend I've seen Callum McGregor kind of <clears throat> trying to rally the troops at the end of the game I think my concern for Celtic at the moment is one or two injuries it'll be interesting to see who's came through I think they had to shuffle the pack at the back and you know Jackie Marcus is he going to be back featuring I think uh, it's funny to say they, I think, they, they missed him didn't they it's funny to say because at one point Kyogo's flying high before his injury and he's the number one striker but I, I do think they missed him at the weekend yeah he's been performing really well since the turn of the year scoring goals a physical presence mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see who's back I think that, that would be my only concern I don't think Celtic will approach the game any different I think Ange will have them up for it I think they'll all know the importance of the game just who's, who's going to be fit and, and, and sorry Rob just and both sets both sets you know people say that they're calm and they know what, what lies ahead and all that there'll be nerves there, there will be major major nerves kicking about in both dressing rooms at this time mm. Weirdly this weekend somebody said to me during the week and I kind of thought about it there might be less because they're away from home because see at this time of the year and you're at home and mm. you don't get off to a good start mm. yep. then you know the fans get a wee bit restless you can feel it so maybe it'll work for both teams being away from home this week I'm just wondering if the pressure's off in a sense for Rangers because they've been written off Craig for the for for the title so they can go into these last five games starting at Motherwell on Saturday and say let's have a right old blast at this and see what happens when you explain it in that way yeah, of course of course because there's, there's no expectation at this moment in time that Rangers are going to win the title um, but at the same time there's there will be nerves um, you know because They've still got to go out and, and, and do that. They know one slip and it's done. It's, it's, done. it's definitely done. Um, so that, that also is, is pressure. And it's, it's about how you handle those nerves. You know, some can see, see it like you, a free shot at the stumps. Just go out and there's no pressure. There's still pressure. There will still be nerves. This is still a massive, massive game. Craig, was, that, was, the, was the best thing for you about last Sunday that the, the extent to which Rangers dug so deep to turn it around? 
Oh, absolutely, without question. You know, what they done last week was something I didn't think, to be frankly honest with you, that, that this particular group of Rangers players were capable of doing because I haven't seen them do it, which is when Celtic go in front in a game, can you come back? Can you still get the result? Because we've not done that in a long, long time. You know, every game that, basically since we came back into the top flight that we've played against Celtic in where they have scored first, um, they have either won or we've managed to get a draw from but we've simply never been able to turn it in its head and that's important I think it was even more important doing to them what they had done to us just two weeks before because you know bear in mind we'd also scored first against them and then they came back 1-2 in that game albeit slightly different circumstances but the point stands so it just relieves pressure because it means now going into next week's game I don't think people will be so absolute and their confidence that Rangers won't be able to go and win. Um, and that was kind of not just amongst uh, sort of Celtic fans. I think a lot of Rangers fans felt that it was going to be a tough order to win in Sunday mm. there as well. Yeah. But I also agree with that last point about the pressure thing, because I think it's important. Because I think Celtic have had a luxury this season that they maybe won't have in any other season in terms of they weren't under any great pressure to win the league this season because the expectation was never they're going to win the league. They were under pressure to make sure they closed the gap. On Rangers certainly and competed, but with Postecoglou coming in and all the other things going on, there was no pressure to do that. So it's kind of gave Celtic a bit of a freedom to play with. And then once they started to pick up points and get closer and then overturn us, all of a sudden now we are the team that no one's really expecting us to be able to go and win the league. So we just go out and play a football and and do what the players are capable of. Particularly, I mean, it would be a great statement to win at Celtic Park next Sunday certainly so mm. if we do that and put pressure on it's now Celtic who are under pressure because now they are expected to win the league from yeah. this position they are the favourites Yeah, I, I, Simon I, I'm going to ask you this question I asked it to John Hartson on Tuesday night <clears> and <throat> I, I just wondered if Celtic when they scored when Greg Taylor scored that goal whether subconsciously Celtic thought that's it Rangers had two hours on Thursday night this is the goal that breaks them and that's and, and it's a shoe in now do you think there was anything in the back of Celtic minds at, at that stage? I, I don't think so. I don't think so because watching the game, watching the game with my Celtic hat on, one mm-hmm. 0 I thought the way it was going. Because you don't have a Rangers hat, do you? <laughs> trying to make a point there. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But the way the game was going and the feeling that I had, I thought if, if Celtic see this through, it's going to be another trait that has not been labelled with Celtic about winning ugly because I didn't feel at any time in that game Celtic really had a control I thought Rangers had the better of the first half they get a soft free kick Celtic they work it really well and it's deflection but to go 1-0 I thought well they could get away with one here they could win ugly and I think you know if Carter Vickers takes the chance Mm. they probably do but I said to you before we came on air I think when Rangers equalised and the momentum changed I really thought the only way Celtic were going to get through was penalties you know just because the momentum of the game changed and Mm -hmm. I didn't feel Celtic were at it I watched them the week before and it's no disrespect to St Johnson obviously tougher opponents on Sunday but they they were they were brilliant for the 90 minutes everybody was at it and just from the start there was just something with Celtic and it happens it happens sometimes guys turn up and they just can't get going Hattati gets caught in the ball early on Rangers have a chance from it early on and it, 
they couldn't turn it they couldn't turn it so to get themselves ahead I don't think Celtic did think oh here we go again mm. they've got no come I just thought it was a wee bit fortunate and if, if Celtic had to get through it you'd have went alright congratulations you've done it without being at your best it's Ross County against Celtic Sunday. It's Motherwell uh, against Rangers on Saturday. In terms of the title race, Aberdeen play Livingston, bottom half. Dundee St. Johnston, what a game that is at Dens Park, the Massive. bottom two going head to head. Is there any way out of that automatic relegation spot for uh, Dundee? Well, uh, Mark McGee's turned the heating off. He's not, he's, he's, he's not having heating or he's not eating either um, because he wants to feel different going into He doesn't feel hungry. He's hungry. <laughs> Starving and freezing. <laughs> Mark well, listen, the weather's all right this week. <laughs> Mark's the gift that keeps giving, isn't he? Oh. Um, that those are, are his preparations going into that game. What a game it is as well. Could they claw their way back uh, and and maybe uh, reintroduce doubts for St Johnston about automatic relegation rather than the relegation playoffs as looks to be the likelihood at the moment. St Mirren against Hibs, who are looking for a new manager. Uh, and in addition to that game in Dingwall on Sunday, uh, Dundee United against Hearts and uh, Robbie Nielsen's team, of course, have got a Scottish Cup final to look forward to. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go, 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 go. Cheers, Chris. And we'll get another uh, traffic and travel update a little bit later on. Uh, lots of uh, stuff to talk about on the show. 0808 17 17 <laughs> 700 if you want to uh, join in and tell us what you think. Ask us a question. Uh, we may have the answer. We may not, uh, to be honest. Uh, sacked Hibs coach uh, Sean Maloney has been talking today, uh, issuing a statement at least to say that he's disappointed not to have had the time uh, to create a team that could have challenged Scotland's top clubs. Uh, Sean Maloney was sacked on Tuesday, uh, brought it to you on the, the show that night, three days after a Scottish Cup semi-final defeat by Hearts, the second on successive Saturdays, having been in charge for four months 19 games, I think it was 120 days. Owner Ron Gordon uh, was talking last night, uh, answering some questions, uh, and said the appointment was a risk that didn't work out. Did Sean Maloney get enough time? I, I have absolutely no doubt that we gave him the time, enough for us to see the kind of performance. So, you know, 19 games that he that he managed, we, we, we saw some good, some not so good. So I think we gave him plenty of time. We, you know, but I, I do think that the January window, for, January window from, from my perspective anyway, and I think the January window was a, a good window. We, we uh, strengthened our squad. The only negative was losing Martin Boyle. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, to some degree, honestly, and I, 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 called, I called Martin personally just to make sure he wanted to go to Saudi Arabia. The money was just too good. And I don't think the club is in a position to stand in the way of letting Martin and his family get the benefit of all the work and commitment that he's put into hips. But generally speaking, if you look at everybody that we brought in in January, I think we're a stronger club. And certainly a, a club, in my opinion, uh, that is good enough today to be in the top six. Well, we'll maybe get back to talking about the, the window and how it was for Hibs. Uh, I'm not sure I would agree with Ron Gordon, uh, to be honest. But uh, in terms of John Maloney, I mean, what a condemnation that is of John Maloney. The fact that, yes, he did have enough time. He had enough time, according to the owner, to prove that he wasn't the man for the job. You know, yeah. that 19 games was all it took for them to make up their minds. That, that you know, I, I, someone who looked to have, uh, tick a lot of boxes uh, as, a, as a rookie manager uh, failed. Yeah, look, and there's, there's, look, there's only one way you get experience, and that's by actually 
taken the job and, and been in the hot seat to make all those calls and decisions yourself. But then you need the you need the support of the club. Um, you know they've made the decision in terms of probably realised that it was a risk at the start, Rob, because he didn't have that experience. So then I think you've got to back the manager. Uh, you know, there's a change of uh, of personnel, uh, playing style, all these kind of things. They do not happen overnight. They they take time. So, hey, you know, for for sure, Maloney. I don't like to see any manager, uh, you know, losing their jobs uh, and in in such a, sh- a short space of time. But I've no doubt he'll bounce back. He knows exactly what he signed up for uh, in in regards to the way that the business operates. But again, just listening to the to the comments, it's like, well, what what. What type of club are Hibs then? Because are they are they a selling club? He touched on you know losing Martin Boyle. Mm. Um, we only lost Martin like, Boyle, but like, he'd scored fourteen goals at that stage, and, and he was their most potent attacking threat. So, but I mean, the, the any club with the better players that are you know hitting decent numbers on a week week to week basis are going to lose players uh, because the the right offer eventually will come in, Rob. Whether it's uh, you know Martin Boyle's going to Saudi or whether it's Rangers or Celtic that come knocking on the door or down south. That's what happens in football. It's just uh, some some strange comments for mm. me. Martin Ball went out. Kevin Nisbet uh, got Nisbet badly well, injured. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's nothing you can you can't legislate for that sort of thing happening. That's just downright unlucky because it, at least he was somebody who could have got him some goals. Yeah, definitely. But you, you don't give you don't appoint somebody as manager and think right. We want to see what you've got in 19 games. Surely, I mean it's. Ridiculous, mm. 19 games. If, if they beat Hearts at the weekend, are, are they having this conversation? You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Is it because they've been beat twice with their rivals and another knee-jerk reaction? But you certainly don't appoint somebody and put them in a position at a club and say, right, in, in, in his own head, right, I'm giving them 19, 20 games. It's, mm. it's, it's mad. It's been that sort of season though, hasn't it? Because uh, that's Sean Maloney gone in quick time. James McPake was sacked by Dundee after winning to after winning at Tynecastle yeah. and reaching the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. I mean, that, that, that there was a decision that had already been made, yeah, and yeah. nothing that happened was going to change it. No, and again, it's like you know, certain clubs have got their own strategy. They're seeing what they're seeing, Rob, on a day to day basis. Um, for me, the time when when managers need to need to move on is when they've lost the dressing room, uh, because then then you, you, you really cannot get out of a, a sticky situation. The results aren't there and you need that freshness. But with, with those two um, you know, jobs and, and mentions of those, those managers, that, that for me wasn't the case. Um, but it happens. Like I said, it does happen in football. You look at the, the I think the point gap from fourth to tenth for, for majority season, it was three, four points. So it wasn't mm. a huge gap in terms of um, you know where they were sat. The number, the number looks worse mm. in terms of where you are on the table. Yeah, Hibs could have been top half, and they, and they could have been in the Scottish Cup final. Correct. And and suddenly it's yeah, a different call, isn't yeah. it? Exactly, and that's that's how sometimes it makes it even more daft the decision because we've been looking at Motherwell for so many mon- uh, months at the start of this year, not being able to win a game, but they were always three points away from mm. getting to the top six. Dundee United, who were up there. Now, I don't know what the, the point difference is, but the perception of Dundee United's season and Motherwell's season is totally and different. And there's, and there's just, like and a, a, a few points, points in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So and Motherwell got there by uh, a last minute equaliser. Yeah, there were, about, there were <laughs> murmurings about Graham Alexander, weren't there? Yeah. You know, had, had Motherwell not finished I just, top half? I just think, Rob, guys in charge at football clubs have to have a plan and a, and, and 
a bit of longevity for a you know some sort of plan in place. It just looks as if all right, we're going to experiment with this one. If it doesn't mm-hmm. hit the ground running, right, we'll change it again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mental so it's David Gray uh, and that uh, caretaker management team which took over when Jack Ross got the bullet uh, who are in place again now for the, the last five league games of the season but what about a permanent replacement I mean we spoke earlier on we, we didn't really talk about it but I mean I, th- I thought that Derek McInnes yep. uh, would be a contender of course Kilmarnock will, will hope that he stays with them on the way back into the Premiership and yep. that, that could happen Malky Mackay would be a target for lots of clubs you would imagine because of his success at Ross County mm-hmm. and John Kennedy is one that keeps on getting mentioned as well yeah and I mean I'm probably not looking too far outside those three I mean there's always one from left field Rob uh, but those are very good names did you come up with that list yourself or was that what we were discussing a little bit offline <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never very, come up with anything nah, original no nah, you, you, I think you're spot on like, so, look John Kennedy's an interesting one in terms of um, at the start of the season when Ange come into Celtic there was kind of rumours that maybe he's ready to be that head coach maybe he's ready to take that next step it didn't happen so you know he may still want to be that head coach or he may feel that there's something exciting happening at Celtic Derek McInnes look I think he'll take Kilmarnock up um, and if he does that, that that's certainly a valid name that could go in and, and do that job with the his argument experience would, the argument then would be is you know or the question would be is Hibbs a bigger job than Kilmarnock for, for Derek McInnes I think again I've got to be careful what you say in terms of who you disappoint uh, without being disrespectful but I think Bigger fan base, Hibs, bigger potential. That, that, that Hibs definitely has um, a lot more opportunity than, than potentially Kilmarnock. Um, but like I says, Derek, I, I think he'll bring Kilmarnock up. But then, you know, does he stay? That loyalty to, to bring in the club up and want to build something himself there. Uh, the final one, Malky Mackay. Malky Mackay brings, for me, um, huge experience, um, a, a real know-how about the game up here, Rob. Uh, and, and I think he could give any club uh, stability Ross County probably want that with him, but I can understand why his name's been thrown about. John Kennedy, Simon? <clears throat> yeah, well, I, th- I think John's name's been linked with possibly Hibs before as mm-hmm. well. Uh, why not? If, if, if It boils down to if he's got the, the desire to, to, to move away and do it on his own or try it on his own. Uh, or is he perfectly satisfied to just stay where he is at he, Celtic? He he's, be. and he's been Celtic, through one or two regimes, listen, hasn't he? He's been through, particularly last season as well, they've, they've looked to have turned the corner. It looks like really exciting times under Ange. A lot of new players to work with. He might be happy there. He might be happy. But his name's always going to be linked uh, because I think he's expressed to go and do it himself before. And as much as we're talking about, you know, the, the, the way the last two managers have been treated at Hibs, Hibs is still an attractive job. You know, it's a big club. Should be should be top six easily, if, well, higher for me. But it's, it's an it's a attractive job. I mean, I'm going to go for one left field. Okay. Just as, as Simon was was. This one that I didn't there, tell you, yeah? Kind of, yeah, this one that you didn't tell me and it's one that I'm thinking, um, obviously with the American owners, um, I'm looking at someone like uh, Panovic, uh, Velko Panovic, the, the Reading boss, okay. who was recently uh, that is left field. obviously let go. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, he was at Chicago Fire. Um, so that American kind of uh, background that he may go for, um, managed at a decent level. That's something left fielder I'm going to go for. Are you feeling something in your waters? I'm just looking just through. Just text. Looking through. just in the text. He's like, no, no, just, just, look, just looking through. I, I think that, again, you try to, you try to join the dots when, when mm. these things are happening. If something is left field, you try to think, well, why would it, why, why would it potentially get an opportunity to, to be discussed? And just that American background, he was at Chicago Fire. So could it be Panovic Stations? 
Aye, why not? See what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first on the Go Radio Football Show. Another hour of football chat on the way. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10 year warranty. Including the all new iGo Cross and new Yellow. Yaris Cross Compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. Well, we've seen the fixture coming for some considerable time, but what a night it is going to be tomorrow night at Rugby Park. Kilmarnock have already sold out the three stands they will be inhabiting. Uh, no empty seats available. And I think it's going very much the same direction for our broth <laughs> as well. They've sold a lot of tickets. The, the support for that club has gone through the roof this season based on uh, the incredible campaign. They've had Simon Donnelly. They are a point behind Kilmarnock. There's a point in it with two games to go for each. They go head-to-head tomorrow night and it's kind of feels like winner takes all doesn't it yeah brilliant story for our broth you know they've, they've they've led that league for such a long time then Kilmarnock have finished the season strong and as I said earlier on when they threatened to maybe create the gap that would see them over the line our broth have pulled them back in so it's, it's set up nicely for tomorrow night Craig excited about it no, very much so. Like I says, I mean, the, the, the job that, that Dick Campbell has done at Arbroath has been incredible. I mean, they've been right at it um, for majority of the season, still in, in, in touching distance of what, what would be an amazing season for me. Coach of the year in all leagues, Rob. Mm. Uh, it would be that big uh, a job. Um, Kilmarnock, plenty to play for as well. So uh, it should be a classic. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a <clears throat> remarkable story. Um, and a lot of people compare it to Leicester. When Leicester won the Premier League in England, that was uh, well out of left field when that happened. Um, what were the but, odds then? <sighs> yeah. Uh, that would, have been, would, have, would have you got the same odds for Arbroath? Probably. So I'm at 1,000 yeah, to 1 at the start of the, yep, the season. Same team, yep, definitely. I think the, the story of this season, it's been remarkable. Remarkable. I'm just looking at it. They've only been beaten four times. You know, the, the draws have maybe... Prevented them running away from it. Four defeats in four, a season. Four out of 34. It's incredible. Yeah, no, unbelievable, it really is. And it did look a couple of weeks ago as if maybe Kilmarnock had got themselves a little bit of a comfort cushion. But of course, uh, they lost last weekend uh, and our both came back from a goal down against Queen of the South, it was, wasn't it? Uh, to win 5-1. So it was emphatic and uh, that closed the gap at the top to just a, a single point. So... Um, it is going to be incredible. Final day, our broth are in uh, Kilmarnock, I should say, are in Kirkcaldy to play Wraith Rovers. Our broth have got home game against Morton. So um, it could, if, it, if it's to be a draw tomorrow night, which keeps is it, very possible. Keeps it alive for, yeah, for yeah. the last... Goes into those uh, those final games. Yeah. Uh, it's just for me. It's been a it's been a very exciting uh, league, the championship. Mm. You know, I think maybe look back at the start of the season. I think Dodsey got off to a flyer with with Inverness. Yeah, um, and, and then, then I think he'd ten without a win, didn't that's he? That's right. That's right. And then um, you know, obviously we, we, with our both, they've, they've been there as we, we've touched on virtually the the whole season. And I think the the impressive thing 
Um, for that is, you know, that part-time environment to still be up there sitting at the top of the championship for the majority of the season. You know, um, then Kilmarnock, Dedham McInnes has come in and, and, and done a job. As Simon said, put him in a winning position, but the defeat and, and then... Uh, the, 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 and then it's closed again. So all of a sudden, yeah, game on for sure. Uh, Rob McLean with Craig Moore <coughs> and Simon Donnelly, the Go Radio Football Show on a what night is it? Thursday. It's a Thursday, oh. which means we're 24 hours away from Kilmarnock against our broth at Rugby Park. The great man is with us. I'm delighted to say, uh, Dick Campbell. Good evening. Hello, Rob. How's it going, son? Very, very well. <laughs> Love, lovely to hear from you. I'm, I'm just wondering. I mean, you've had such a fantastic season. Do you, do you see? Do you think that your credibility has been restored after that blunder 16 years ago when you signed Simon Donnelly for Partick Thistle? <laughs> he tried to get me the sack, but listen, I go there first. I go first today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. The scary, brilliant. the scary thing is that six, 16 years ago, I can't believe it. Can't believe it, wow. Gaffer. By the way, the story about that is you know where I signed them? I actually signed them in Magaluf, my pal's pub. <laughs> is that I right? I wouldn't allow the pub until he said hi. <laughs> there you are. But, Dick, how are you? I mean, you know, nothing seems to, to ruffle you. Um, how are you feeling 24 hours away from a, a season defining 90 minutes? I must I missed a two and a half fat putt today for twenty five quid. That's what that's what I'm fucking raging about the new. Um eh, what am I thinking? Look look, what Rob, let's no kid ourselves on it's everybody in the if you'd say if I'd say to you at the start of the week at the start of the season I know what about I'm not worried about staying up. Uh, I just sorry, I just want to stay up. Uh, we've got a chance to win the championship. Yeah, you said to yourself, I think Gamble's lost his marbles. He's, he's lost it. You know? Yeah. But I'm telling you now, uh, it's uh, sensational what my players have done. Are you safe from relegation yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how it all panned out was brilliant. Um, we, our objective at the start of the season is to stay in the league. We did that in January. Yeah. Uh, Peter was at Alloa. And he was going to be the first team to stay in the league uh, three years in the trot, but he got relegated. So we're the first team to stay in the league three years. Um, and then that was in January. Then in February, we confirmed that we were in the playoffs. And then in April, now we're finished second. Um, yeah. So what, what, what else are you supposed to do? You know? Just win tomorrow <laughs> night, and that's it. And then. Well, that's not as easy as that. The, yeah. the, the funny thing is. I wouldn't say funny things. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm Craig, really. Derek's a good friend of mine. He plays golf with me at Glen Eagles. And I've not spoke to him since the day he took the job. And more importantly, he's not spoke to me. <laughs> There's a bit of um, uh, respect for everybody involved. I thought when they got Derek that um, it was a good appointment. Yeah. You know? But it's not about managers now. I'm telling you now, it's about players. It's... Uh, I can't either. No words in the dictionary to describe how my players have went about their jobs. And everybody's, oh, you guys are lawyer an opinion on it. It doesn't matter. It no. doesn't matter. A lot of people have said that to us. I mean, Dick, it's, it's about players tomorrow night. It's also about supporters. I mean, it's going to be... What's the latest with our both tickets? I know Kilmarnock have sold all theirs for, well, for three of the stands. They tell me, they tell me, uh, we reckon oh, hey, over 2,000. Incredible. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Mm. When we went up there with 450, 
uh, average gate. We've mm-hmm. now got 1,500 season tickets, and the last three or four home games we've had 2,500. And the Haley Ardross, honestly, you never seen so many bairns running about with Ardross trips on this. It's just a, a fairy tale, really is. That must be as pleasing as anything about what, what it's done to the community. Fuck, it's, it's fantastic. I, I can't, honestly, you have to be there and get in the, get in the mood, you know. And, you know, everybody complained for years, Rob, about, ah, oh, there's mere Celtic supporters going to hear Rangers buses and all the rest of it. That's not the case at Arbroath. I'm telling you now, they have responded to every single thing I have done up there. And that's is my sixth season. And it's just... Uh, I didn't get any better than that. Yeah, and when, when, so you, start, be, when you started, it, be, when you started it was League yeah. 2, wasn't it? With our broth. My first game was doing it very I'm saying to myself, well, I say to my brother, I think, what have I done? Are you kidding <laughs> me on? Well, Peter, one want to be Berwick. Honestly. Uh, and it just went on to take them up two leagues and possibility he got the Premier League but was uh, just honestly. I had Alec Ferguson on the phone to me today. Mm-hmm. It was funny, he says to me, aye, yeah, miracles, aye, son, miracles, <laughs> aye, son. He said to me, uh, he phoned me in New Year's morning when we went after the league, I've got to say that to you, right? Mm-hmm. His best pal's Bert Payton, so obviously you know the contact there. Yeah. And he phoned me, he says, did he change your gut feel? Just get on with it, son. <laughs> and and, 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 and it's brilliant, it's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Sid will tell you, it's a great story, that one. See, when I got sacked at Patrick Thistle. Me and Jimmy Bones just went on the lash and had a good day, right? And I thought it was Walter Smith that phoned me in the morning. And it was Alex. So the, the phone call went like this. Aye, aye. And I said, oh, why? I wouldn't take off. I'll phone you later. I've got to say, he, a minute later, the phone goes, don't put the phone down tickets. Alex Ferguson here. Oh, I said, oh, hello, Alex. How's it going? And all that, you And he said to me, well, what are you going to do? Feel sorry for yourself? Or are you going to get on to it? And, and that's the gods of the truth. That kept me in the game because I was so cheesed off for the whole thing. Yeah. And he, he just keeps in touch with me all the time and and, he, and it's a fantastic thing you can suddenly have asked for another opinion. Would would this be one of the greatest football stories ever told, Dick, where we're uh, part time or bros to, well, to go depends. to the premiership? I, I think it, from my own point of view, and I'm sure that you guys all know me and uh, uh, you say it's a fairy tale. It's bigger than Leicester for me. How can a team go into a full-time environment, Rob? Full-time, every mm-hmm. club in that league, full-time. Yeah. And us to win it, I mean, German a bit with them. I, I just think it's, it has to be um, up there, uh, the story of the century for me. Uh, albeit I thought we were all off your cheers when Leicester done it. But we kept on thinking, ah, they're not going to do it. Ah, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's now a reality now. Yeah. Tomorrow night, um, that'll be a fantastic game. Apparently, there'll be 14,000 at the game. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. What, what, what's he got, <clears throat> Simon Donnelly? What, what's, what's Dick Campbell got that, that allows him to... to Steady, Simon. Steady. Get, get so close <laughs> to this amazing achievement. Character. Mm-hmm. Character. You can hear it in his interview there. He's got a team there that reflect his character. Uh, and his brother and you know to bring that team from League 2 up to two games away from the Premiership as Dick says himself there 
you know, be making a film about it. He'll he'll be starring in this this film if if they can get it over the line. It's not going to be Robert uh, Duvall, is it? No, <laughs> it could be. But the, 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 the ripple the ripple effect as well in the community, and and he's talking about their kids going about with their both jerseys on. It's it's brilliant, you know. It really is, and he's achieved it. And he'll he'll be humble enough to say it's his players. But I bet his players come in and play and train in a good environment and that's down to him and, and his brother and the coaching staff. And just saying that, Dick, obviously Simon's touched on, on the character uh, and again, I, I personally don't know you, maybe uh, cross paths in terms of teams and what have you. But you seem to really, really enjoy the football as well. So for me, that that's also massive. Um, you know, that character, that, that ability to enjoy your work and what you do and that, that flows onto your teams. We, we see it. Um, so that's that's been incredible and Rob sort of like took my question a little bit earlier in, in terms I was going to ask you know have you allowed yourself to dream in terms of you know what what it would Craig, mean to, to, to win this season it would be an, an unbelievable story Craig you seem a nice you seem a nice guy listen <laughs> I had cancer 12 years ago um, and the boy sitting beside you and his best pal Magnamara they were the first two that came out to see me uh, when I go to the hospital, Simon and Jackie were the first two in this house mm-hmm. to come out, and that showed you how much uh, I love Sid and he loves me. Yeah, that that comes through in my team. Uh, Sid knows I need to have a good environment. I need to want to go to my work. When I see all these coaches, all these young coaches, I was twenty-three year a staff coach, and I used to say all oh, the boys, including Alan Shearer, they all come through my hands, and I said to him. Make sure your players want to come to your work. And that is what we do at, at my club. Yep. My players the morning are coming from their work to the hotel. Yep. Now, the difference between full-time and part-time is you get a chance to prepare your players better. Don't buy the fitness thing. That's absolutely... I've pro- proven that. Mm-hmm. Your full-time players, you go in on Monday, you got to loosen off. Tuesday, you do a bit of work. Wednesday, you got to... Thursday you play a full-time game and Friday they set pieces. I work harder than that. Mm-hmm, Whereas, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's the environment, the go you want to come to the game. And the two, Siddle Day, the two um, things I live and die with are, there's a time to work and a time to play. Yeah. And the second thing is, it's players that put themselves in the team and it's players that put themselves in the team. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I just manage that philosophy. And I'm telling you now, you would come up, honestly, come up in my dressing room, you'll have a laugh. Yeah, I'm, telling, I'm, I'm listening to you, I'm like, I, I could get my boots on now, Dick. And come oh, up. A little bit too old, mate, Rob, I get injured Rob, too easy. Rob would get slaughtered as soon as he walked in the door. <laughs> Absolutely. And why not? <laughs> Rightly so. It's brilliant, but the morning's night, hey, time to work, time to play. Mm. Oh, yeah, boy. When my players run out of that part the morning's night and see 2,300 hard supporters, yeah, I've had it. That's been, I can't put the hair up my man, I've no hair left. But <laughs> the, the players will be up for their work tomorrow. Could our both Dick handle promotion, as in the, the, the state, the Gayfield, the stadium, uh, and what you do in terms of what, what the, what the structure of the club is? part-time player. Half my life I've been full-time and half I've been part-time. So we're not going to go full-time. That's not going to happen. No. But if you go back to the 70s, uh, you 
may remember that no. I'll vote for in the first division. And they were part-time. And they stood part-time there. Yeah. Now, I, I would go into the Premier League and be heavy, heavy favourites to go down because we're part-time. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't make the players any, any different. The players love a challenge. And I'm not saying for a minute, uh, you know, that we wouldn't go down. We probably would go down. And I would probably get the sack because that's what happens in football. You. <laughs> You're scared to get promotion. And because you set a standard and you can't maintain that standard mm-hmm. and you get sacked. But I'll tell you something. What a beautiful place it is to manage. See, if you walk into the place, you can feel like it's all clean. I always thought I was for a clean club. Everything, the painting, was all, was all fresh and clean. Showers and classy place. They've now, they've already started knocking down the wall at the front. And they're putting a new club shop in, a new pub in, new dressing rooms. It's fabulous, mm-hmm. it yeah. and, and it, it's no gear for the Premier League. It's just, get, I mean, honestly, they, they, they're, they're loaded up there. I hope they give me some of that. <laughs> That's all. And, and I mean, our broad, our broad success, Dick, has been reflected, you know, this week in terms of the the individual uh, player player nominations for the championship. Thomas O'Brien and and uh, Michael McKenna uh, were both among the the nominations. But but actually, <laughs> having seen it, our broad a few times this season, it you know it's a team, isn't it? And it could you could actually have picked out any couple from 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 the team because it's actually difficult to 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 highlight one individual over the others, isn't it? I think so. I think um, I've got uh, I've got nine players already signed for next year, and seven of them have been with me for six years. And do you know this? I can't get better players than that. I've tried. Mm-hmm. There's nobody more popular or whatever it is. I talk to every Premier League man. I didn't get caught up with on big time Charlie's. I didn't do that. But see, for me, try and get better players than I've got. That we're, we're the best part team part time team in Scotland. Yeah. There may be in part-time football going to give me their player because that's not going to happen. They'll know what I lose them. I've went through, and uh, with under-21 situation in Premier League clubs, they need three on the bench. And they're not going to give me a player if it's called, if, if an under-21 player for the Premier League is good enough to play in my team, they'll stay where they are. So that's when it come, becomes really, really difficult. You've no idea. I've spoken to every Premier League team this year and they've no good players to give me and I'll worry about that about the game I'll worry about that um, but then that's why it's, 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 it's a situation where see if we get beat the Mons now I'll tell you uh, I'll be gutted I'll be gutted but I'll still be a pint you know <laughs> I'll still go for a pint if I won the morning night on my way it's your pint at least you'll be able to speak to Derek McInnes again for the first time in a wee while hi Derek say uh, well, by the way, he's the biggest fan that you have ever. He's worse than said. On, on a I'm golf telling. course? Oh, seriously, Derek, honestly. He is, by the way, he's hammered me. He's got me in the mantelpiece. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said to him a hundred times, you better be good at golf. You've not been doing nothing for nine months. <laughs> no? you, could, uh, you could have him yeah. in the mantelpiece tomorrow night. Oh, well, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, uh, I have no influence at all. Brobo and the commander couple play influence on the um, our growth. Mm-hmm. But it's a fascinating time for everybody and we all should embrace it. And, and um, I'm sure I'd love to have Sid play in the morning's night because he could play. 
Well, he went for a run this morning. How, how, how are you for tomorrow night? So, um, can you come in at contention? No, I'm unfortunately past my sell by date. Uh, no, I could give you the last five. So last that's five. What I used to do <laughs> <laughs> that would do. I could probably survive that's that. That's what he used to do with you. <laughs> 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 Dick, Dick, it's lovely to talk to you. Lovely to hear you. I could, I could actually listen to you reading out your shopping list, to be honest. Uh, and just one parting shot. Simon sort of introduced that, the subject. Who would play Dick Campbell in Dick Campbell the movie? Oh, my God. Would you, would you, no would you insist on doing it yourself? There's no more handsome boys than myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we get Sid, 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 You hear a couple of platforms on right now. Um, we'll, we'll get Sid to the end. Yeah. Uh, it's a genuine thing, just get on with it and see what's in charge. Honestly, Rob, great talking to you. You too. Um, let's see, Craig, good talking to you. You too, Simon. Dick. Good luck tomorrow night. Family. Thank you all the best tomorrow. Lovely to hear you. All the best, Dick. Good luck. Take care, guys. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go, 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 If you don't enjoy listening to Dick Campbell, I would check your pulse. Uh, he just is pure enjoyment, isn't he? 24 hours away from such a massive match. Uh, he didn't sound too stressed about it, Craig Moore, did he? No, he was, he was totally at ease, wasn't he? And again, just um, an amazing job that, that he's done at our broth and it's another game for him but it's, it's a really really important one but he, he certainly seems at ease with things and he's going to enjoy the occasion touched on what 2300 our bro supporters potentially mm. going along to the match so it's going to be a fantastic night for him and his team and he's got football in the right place hasn't he he spoke about the cancer scare uh, you know he's <clears throat> plumbed the depths of Scottish football if you like I mean he was at Brechin he, he took Brechin up a couple of leagues when he when he was there uh, he's done the same with our broth now and stands on the brink of greatness Simon he certainly does and I, th- I, I think Dick's won a, a right few titles uh, in the lower leagues mm. you know he's been over that course he knows it inside out he's now got a chance to take this team into the Premiership it'd be an incredible story but just listening to him there it's I thoroughly enjoyed working under him at Partick Thistle perspective, you know, what he's been through. Uh, and he's just larger in life and enjoying life out in the golf course today. But when it's time to graft tomorrow, as he said himself, they'll be ready. Mm. And he does have an ability, doesn't he? And you know all about it, having worked with him, that to take out the complication sometimes in football. He, he, he can keep it pretty simple, can't he? And, and he does. Football's a simple game, Rob. Mm. <laughs> you know, sometimes, what are you laughing at? <laughs> no, I, was, I was just laughing at him. I think, how does he know? He only played him for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quality five minutes, though. <laughs> Football uh, is a simple game. And sometimes, you know, it can be blown away with, with tactics and all the rest of it. The important thing is a player wanting to work for the manager, the man management side of it. Obviously, recruitment, obviously, you have to have an eye for players and want or create that environment where the player wants to go to his work and enjoy it and play for you on a Saturday and see if you can get that that is more than half the battle and he's an expert at it he really is and this is now an opportunity for him to, to take Albroath into our Premiership you know people should sit up and take note 
he's had seven players with him for the entire six, six years he's been at Arbroath. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. And and I remember in January he was being asked in interviews about, you know, are you gonna you've got yourself into a promising position? Are you gonna get into the transfer window? And yeah. he said, Well, I, I can't I don't think I can get any better better players than I've got already. I mean, what a message that is to hand out in the dressing room. Oh no, it's incredible. And again, we t- we talk about stability at football clubs. He's been there six seasons and he's got seven players that he's had for that length of time. That That is a good core. Um, unusual to, nowadays, yeah. It? Unusual. To, but, but that stability. So then, you know, you're bringing in players around about that core group of players, Rob, and it gives you a huge, huge advantage. Disappointing thing for me hearing in terms of when he's speaking potentially to Premier League clubs about the younger lads maybe going out yeah, and getting that hand, senior yeah. team experience. For me, that's a little bit disappointing to hear because I think it's, it's really, really important for their development to to be exposed to um, senior men's football. I would see that as an opportunity. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, he touches on the difficulties of of have, having to put a team to, together there as well. So that was a little bit um, of a of a shock for me to hear. Those players uh, would run through a brick wall for him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Have you had a manager in your career? Craig, that comes to mind that had that impact on you that mm. because you had a, a bond with him, because he got the best out of you and you were willing to give absolutely everything. Yeah, well, I think you know a lot of people know the, the managers that I, I played under and obviously they were all very different types of, of managers and um, you, you kind of, the process, the way that it works, Rob, is you know you get you go in as a youngster or, or maybe you you're just getting your first training session with the first team and all that and you're really like looking to to try and and learn and listen and and do what the manager wants and, and I think once you then have the ability to to earn the respect of that manager as I did with Walter Smith Dick Avocat and, and Alex McLeish for example at Rangers but Frank Farina is another one that stands out for me in Australia mm-hmm. national team coach was also my club coach at Brisbane Raw when certain things happened in my life as well uh, um the football was put aside. It was more about me, the person. And, you know, he's, Frank Freen is someone I could pick up the, the phone to today with, with, without a problem at all. I would run through a brick wall for that guy. Mm. Uh, he's just, for me, a really, really good bloke. Um, and, and, and he was like, it's just so loyal to his players. Uh, but I've been very, very fortunate to, to play under a lot of fantastic managers who, who work you extremely hard, Rob. But once you earn that respect and, 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 and that trust is between the two of you, Dick Avocat, for example, I went on and played, I think, some, some of my best football in my career uh, under Dick Avocat when I was fit. Mm. Who would be top of the tree for you if we take Dick Campbell out of the <coughs> equation for the moment yeah. um, because you were with him at, at Park <coughs> Thistle? But um, Vim Janssen, for instance? Vim was great in, in different ways. He was only there a year with mm. myself, but I'm just listening to What it. a year. It was a fabulous year. Uh, but I'm, I'm listening to Craig there in terms of managers coming through. He's right, just as a youngster coming in, I never had too much relationship with the likes of Liam Brady who signed me because I, I never was in the first team. I was never round about the first team. It was always reserves. Uh, I had Frank Connor, who we lost recently, who was a big character, you know, in my reserve team at that time. Uh, really kept us on our toes, discipline. But the, the first guy for me the real relationship was, was Tommy Burns, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've yeah. been on record before saying it. Just, as Craig says there, not just football. You know, his knowledge of football and, and, and did a couple of things in my career, putting me back in different positions that really helped my career at, a, at an important time in my development. But things away from football. You know, your everyday life, he treated you like a human being. Yeah. 
and, and problems. I know he, he helped people and went that extra yard. And when people do that for you, you want to play for them. You know, you want to be in that environment where you can, as, as Oz says there, run through a brick wall for them. And that was the first guy that I had a, a real relationship with as a player manager. But mm. it, was, it was more than that as well. You don't hear too many bad words about Tommy Burns in there. There's nothing coincidental or accidental about that. He was uh, he was something special. Could this, Craig, I wonder, be one of those rare football seasons in Scotland where both old firm managers come out with a fair degree of success? Uh, Ange Postecoglou uh, already has the League Cup. Yeah. Uh, firm favourites, big favourites uh, t- to win the title, mm-hmm. which would be one of the most remarkable ever because of the way things have turned around. Sure. But Giovanni van Bronckhorst could, still has that European trophy in his sights. Even getting to the final would be some achievement. Maybe even already having got to the semi-finals is a big achievement, mm-hmm. plus the Scottish Cup. That, it, that would be decent consolation prize, it, wouldn't it? It would be. I mean, it's hard to think that, um, you know, a manager of Rangers or Celtic, if you don't win the league... Um, you know, have, haven't any kind of plaudits whatsoever for the season. But, you know, if Giovanni went on and won the uh, the Europa uh, Cup and, and didn't win the league, I, I think he would still be... Um, I think the supporters would, would be absolutely delighted with what he's still achieved in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there have been some challenges, uh, you know, like any squad in terms of injury suspensions and all those those kind of things. Maybe he doesn't have all the players um, that he wants at this particular moment in time, you know. But he, he's still in a, a position where he can, he can actually do that. And you're right; it is a strange situation, isn't it? I mm. mean, Ange's job that he's come in for me has has been an amazing job as well. And I know I get a little bit of stick sometimes from the Rangers fans, like, "Oh, you love Big Ange and all that, <laughs> the, the Aussie mate and all that." But when you look at the job that that he's done coming into a club that was clearly um, chaotic. Um, and was a mess behind the scenes for him to come in and and be able to kind of steer that that ship and manage that and at the same time recruit up to 15 players that, that hit the ground running um, and put him in that position. It's a pretty good job. Um, you know, he's had the cup success. It, it's, it's been a great start and I think it's been a start that um, a lot of Celtic supporters um, certainly delighted with but maybe a little bit shocked as well because mm. didn't expect it to happen as quickly. No, I mean it's, it's it'll be it would be up there, wouldn't it, with the most sensational <clears throat> title wins when you think of where he was last July. Well, you touched on Vim Jansen there. I think it'd be it would mirror that kind of mm-hmm. because he had the similar start as mm-hmm. well. You know, I think three defeats early doors as well. A lot of new players coming in to turn it round as quick. I don't think any Celtic fan would really have anticipated it. You know, moving in the right direction. Yes, I said at the start of the season, exciting. Uh, you know, they were getting into European games, albeit they took a couple of beatings, but they, they looked as if they could hurt the opposition. I think that's his approach. I like that approach. You know, the defences slowly but surely get better as the seasons went on they've worked with each other. So, yeah, I would say it would mirror that if they, if they get this over the line. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's unusual that both managers could finish the season, you know, in good form uh, or good stock because a, a European Cup final doesn't come about very often for, for us as a nation uh, and the Celtic fans remember 2003 with Martin O'Neill albeit they didn't win Rangers in 2008 albeit they didn't win but these are still big landmarks in, in our, our history you know in, in getting to a final so it'd be unusual because normally one is up and the other one uh, yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. suffering and it comes off the back of and I know we're talking club football here but it also comes on the back of I think 
national team doing well and all that sort of stuff. So we're talking club football, but also in terms mm. of the national team, you know, going to the Euros for the first time in 22 years or a major tournament. 23, yeah. Yeah, so these these are all positives, Rob. Yeah. I know yeah. you look, you're looking at me funny, you're not thinking that's... No, 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 no. <laughs> no I... So these are, all, these are all positives for Scottish football. Yeah. As, as you touch on, you know, Scotland, very, very passionate, great football culture. Um, for me, uh, they're, they're winners. And, and at club level, at, at Rangers and at Celtic, you know, they're, they're judged on winning trophies. But it's nice to see also that the national team uh, is also doing really, really well. And again, that's another thing I take a little bit of stick for coming from Australia because we love our national team. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit different here in Scotland, but I think with a, a performing national mm. team, that can change. You'll not get any stick from us, don't worry about it. No, no, yeah. um, but we could, and we could be in a situation, we've, we've got, <clears throat> Hearts are in the Scottish Cup final, they've got European football guaranteed till Christmas next season, they're going to have eight games minimum, um, and we could have Celtic as champions in the Champions League and Rangers as Europa League winners in the Champions League as well. I mean, you know, the... would be incredible. Scottish football dares to dream. I know, but... You know, I, I grew up in a, an era in the 80s, you'll remember it yourself, Rob, where the likes of Aberdeen and Dundee United, mm. huge success in yeah. Europe. Scotland, the national team, huge success, qualified for every World Cup. Mm. We were spoiled for a, we'd, a we'd while. Da, we'd those dates in our diary, didn't we? We, yeah, we just knew we just Scotland were going to be there. took it for red that Scotland were going to be in the World yeah. Cup. I remember sitting watching Aberdeen and Dundee United. So great, you know, as I say, it doesn't come round very often, uh, I'd left Celtic in 2003. I, w I went over because I had ex-teammates there and I wouldn't have missed it. You know, similar down 2008 for, for Rangers. These don't come around very often. So we, we have to talk our game up. And and I think there's a lot to be positive about. You know, I, I've, I've spoken about the national team on here loads of times. I think we've got a really good squad, the best squad for a long time. And I just hope we get over the line and qualify for, for another uh, major tournament. Yeah, and we already know that uh, the way things are at the moment because of the success that the Scottish clubs, particularly uh, Rangers, have had this yeah. season, that, that Champions League... You know, this this season is almost certain anyway to be straight on into the group stages, but but mm -hmm. next season I think is already uh, nailed on for, for, you know, the next season's champions yeah, will go straight into the champions, and which which is the way it should be for the Scottish champions, you would say, I but, but so. it certainly hasn't been that way for a, a long, long, long time. time. But that's due to, unfortunately, the, maybe the performances of, of the Scottish teams in Europe for, for a while, but, you know, those performances have kind of changed. Rangers have, have done extremely well in the Europa the last few seasons, and the coefficient's a lot better, so therefore that opportunity. Champions League football, um, you know, for the for the... The top two clubs, Rangers and Celtic, if they get that opportunity, we know how much money it's worth um, to the football clubs. Uh, and, and again, then that, that puts them in a position where they can continually strengthen and drive forward and raise the bar. And I think that's good for the game. It's a week tonight, uh, Rangers uh, against Leipzig, the first leg of that Europa League semi-final at the weekend. Uh, that means Rangers are at Fir Park uh, Saturday lunchtime. Aberdeen Livingston, Dundee St Johnston scrapping at the bottom of the table. St Mirren against manager Liz Hibbs. Uh, and then Sunday, Celtic in Dingwall looking to pick up where they left off in their title chase against Ross County, Dundee United against Hearts at Tannadice and that big game we've been talking about tomorrow night in the Championship, Kilmarnock against our both. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go, 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 go. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go, go. 
Cheers, Chris, for keeping us up to date right the way through the show. Getting lots of feedback about uh, how much everyone enjoyed listening to Dick Campbell. He was hugely entertaining. You do sometimes worry where he's going to go next <laughs> and what his terminology might be. But uh, no, it was uh, it was lovely to hear from him. And uh, it was just like standing at the bar. All we, all we needed was a pint, really, in our hands uh, to be having a good old laugh. That, that's how he signed me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah, that. I knew that exactly. had to be alcohol yeah, involved. Yeah. <laughs> It was at one point, or he says after when he maybe have a few I, more points. He put the offer on the table at the end of the evening. Yeah, <laughs> lovely, lovely. Just talking about uh, what a great Scottish football season it's been, and it continues to be lots to be settled and sorted. And Craig rightly introduced the subject of uh, Scotland as well. First of June for Scotland, Ukraine at Hamden, and hopefully we're in Wales. Uh, five days later for that uh, playoff final and that would be the last barrier to be conquered hopefully on the way to the World Cup in Qatar that does uh, sound good European success as well with uh, Rangers and Celtic uh, heading for uh, the Champions League Celtic if we win the title would be automatically in the group stages it seems unless something changes between now and then uh, Rangers if they finish second would have to qualify hearts with European football guaranteed and they're going to be Decent, op- well, they're going to be more than decent opposition, aren't they, for Rangers in the final? I guess lots of people, Craig, looked at those semi-finals and thought, if Rangers can beat Celtic, that's it, they're through. But but Hearts, Hearts have uh, done major things this season. I mean, they've, they've had third place locked off for a long time. Long, Robbie Nielsen's done some job. Yeah, I mean, Hearts have been consistently very, very good this season. Um, you know, that as you touch on there, Rob secured third place. Very, very early on in the season, um, put a distance on that them, you know, them, themselves to the rest of the league. Um, after the the championship winning season, uh, to come up and to do that kind of thing, uh, I think first time is is quite impressive. I know that's where Hearts would like to be, but again, mm. to, to do that in the first season, a year ago they were in the championship. It's, it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. And the big thing about Hearts, that's you know something that's happened over over many many years is. Loads of turnover, you know, loads of players, and and I think that's probably not helped in terms of the, you know where they found themselves. But Robbie Nielsen has done a, has done a wonderful job. Like I said, the success it's getting criticised last season, eh? Big time in terms of their style of play, mm. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Eh? So yeah. then you look at you know he's brought in some some handy players um, that have done well for him, uh, and that's really important as well. Not being biased, but there's two Aussie boys that have done okay for Hearts. Um, but you know, like you got to get your recruitment right, Rob. We touch on it all the time. In terms of um, you know that's the success that coaches can can have so tremendous, and he'll go into this game this cup final against Rangers thinking they've got a red hot chance as well, yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's funny a, a lot of the Hearts fans are slapping Robbie Nielsen on the back at the moment. Are the ones who probably a year ago were saying, "Oh no, no, we're not having him," even though they were cruising to to the championship, yeah. cruising to yeah. promotion. Lots of fans just were not having him. What an Football. answer Robbie Nielsen has given them this season. Football at times, yeah, it can be. Fickle pe- football fans. Yeah, a little bit peculiar, but he's had a great season. The, the third place has never been in doubt. They got off to a really good start, and they've been sitting there comfortable uh, for for umpteen weeks to get to the the, the, the the kind of final game of the season, the Scottish Cup final. Is something huge for Hearts. You know that you talk about Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen. These teams. That's the big one that they want to be in at the end of the season, and they've got a good chance. Rangers get at favourites. Likewise, if if it'd been Celtic, but you know it's a one-off game, yeah. and they'll they'll give it. They're all. I like the big guy up front, Sims. Scored yeah. a great goal at the weekend. 
looks a handful. Looks as if he's willing mm. to get in behind, strong. So, yeah, they'll they'll go there fancying their chances. I think Rangers might just be too strong for them. And the success of Hearts hasn't done Sean Maloney any good because you know across, if, if yeah. you're if you're Hibs fans, you're looking across the city, yeah, you're looking at Hearts cruising to third place mm-hmm. in the league. And and now of course heading for the for the Scottish Cup final. It, it happens in Glasgow, obviously. Be, you know, and what you know what, mm-hmm. yeah, what Rangers yeah. are doing on one side is always compared with what Celtic yeah, are doing on the other. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, different story across the road, kind of mm. thing. And uh, that that for for certain has had a a part to play in I think Hibbs' decision for Sean Maloney. Um, you know, the 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 recent uh, match, obviously the the loss in the semi final. Um, Hearts have put themselves in a fantastic position. But again, I kind of... Style, results. You know, if you can get both, brilliant. Brilliant, you know. It's incredible, but it's about getting results. Club final in four seasons, Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good going. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good going. Yeah. Talking about results, uh, let's hope we get some results from December onwards uh, from VAR. Uh, as we look at Paul Lambert uh, popping up on the screen in the studio. Um, VAR, we haven't had a chance to talk to you two about it uh, since it was voted in by the clubs on Tuesday. Um, thank goodness, Simon, but it's going to be a bit strange midway through a season. Yeah, I don't think that's ideal. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, th- I think we're far enough down the VAR road that it's, I wouldn't say 100% polished, but it's a lot better than it was when it first came in. I'm not the the biggest fan of it, but I think to follow everybody else, it's it's, it's here to stay, and mm. we have to get up to speed with it. And yeah, uh, it's a wee bit of a weird one coming in halfway through the season. I would have wondered why not just wait till possibly the start of the, the following one. But it'll be interesting. There'll be a few more debates. That's for sure. Would you would you have left it, Craig? Would you have left it to start it the the following season, or or are you? Uh, certainly for me I, I just want it as quickly as possible yeah look yeah, same because as Simon's touched on there it, it's 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 in that many different leagues at the moment so it's coming it, it's it's here to stay it's not mm. going anywhere so let's 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 get it in start of the season for me Rob would have been mm. the right the right decision I don't know why it's halfway through the season but there are going to be teething issues with this there's mm. no doubt about it because it comes down to the investment you know, in terms of the amount of cameras, the the, the right angles for, for the yeah. right calls to be able to do that correctly. The time in making decisions mm-hmm. is, for me, also very uh, important because we've got to understand that the fans are very, very important for our game um, and they need quick decisions. But we, um, can't, we can't learn, though, can't we, from what's gone wrong elsewhere? You'd like to think so. You would like to think so, yeah, for sure. Um, I've seen it in the early days in Australia and it was taking f- forever to, to come up with decisions and it's because the investment wasn't there. Um, so I believe it's being trialled um, at a lot of games at the moment, under-18s matches and all that sort of stuff. So there will be teething issues, but it's here to stay. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but there's no point saying I don't want it because it's here and it's it's mm. definitely here to stay, like like we've said. You've obviously got qualifications about it, Simon, but but if Scotland <clears> doesn't <throat> have it and every other, not just big leagues, but leagues yeah. that we can compare if, ourselves yeah, with we have to uh, t- as well, like the Czech League or, or whatever, uh, reason, you know, we, we become a backwater if we don't have it. It's the only reason that I'm kind of agreeing with it because we have to be taken seriously. Everybody else is doing it. I said yesterday, if it disappeared overnight, I would not be bored. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't. Uh, but it, it's not going to be. It's here to stay. It's obviously here to try and get the big decisions right more often than not. I get that. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not too bothered about it. As I said, it's one of yeah. the ones where when it came in, I mean, you, th- you think about the fans, for example, you know, we don't have the screens here, it's a theatre, it's, it's one of the ones I just, yeah, yeah. So if it went overnight, I wouldn't be bothered yeah. at all. My concern when it first came out, and this was even in, in Australia, like I says, is that the amount of time that things were taking and then adverts, yeah. McDonald's and this and that. So I was like, well, hang on, is this is this actually for a benefit of the game? Are there fast food, lets, fast food outlets yeah. aren't available? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it, is it purely well, commercial? You, you joke about that, but, you know, that, that would maybe creep in. I, I certainly hope it doesn't. I certainly hope it doesn't, but I don't, I'm just not a fan of it. I'm not a fan. And, and human judgment will continue to be involved. What you do have is you've got better technology, mm-hmm. you've got a better, more of a helping hand for the yeah. officials, but ultimately, whether it's on the pitch or in the VAR van, yeah. uh, somebody's making a judgment. Yeah, yeah and, and I watch it now and they don't always get it right. I watched the, what was the game the other night, Liverpool, in the, in the midfielder, Keita, yes. goes in late on, I forget who it was, uh-huh. and it's not picked up. You know, so and that's down to see. That's the thing. That's where there's there's part of it that's down to interpretation. Was it Lingard, Jesse Lingard? Could have been. I think so. Uh, there's part of it that's down to interpretation. Interpretation, sorry. And there's part like offside is offside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. That, that's, that's a fact. Even, even that's with, a fact. You even know? with offside, Oslo, are you happy with the offside rule? Are you happy with toe fingernail? No. It's, nah, like for me, it's like it says. I mean, it's, I know the rules have changed and all that sort of stuff, but back it back. When we were playing, um, the advantage was always given to the attacking player. Yeah. We kind of knew that as a defender and we were happy enough with it. That were, They were the rules. It's changed now. Will that be a useful deadline to have to get Scottish refereeing up to a better level? Here comes the new technology. Mm-hmm. Let's get our act in order in terms think, of, of, of better <clears throat> officials. I think maybe, I know it's referees down south that, that do the the Val van mm. as you call or, it or ex refs or ex refs yeah. but I, I might I think maybe over time you might have it might be a, a different role altogether the VAR technician whatever title you want to give mm. it I think you might have people come in to purely do that side of it mm-hmm. but see as well like I mean the referees they take a pounding yeah like, they they do you know and you're thinking like how do you encourage new potential referees to the game when, when the amount of stick that like it says I mean we, we, we do you know have to speak about sometimes what we see and all that but majority of the time they're copping it eh? when when are we going to see potentially ex-football players maybe go into to that area do you think we'll ever see that you don't think so? Well, I don't think so, no. you, you would have to make it better paid, more attractive, wouldn't you? <clears throat> You'd have to make it full-time. You would have to have a salary, that's, that's a, happen salary attached to it that, th- that makes people could, want to do it. Could, I think there could be a role for ex-players doing that side of it mm-hmm. because then guys that have played the game, guys have got the advantage of the cameras to go and assess it. I think there'd be a role that side of it, you know, where you've got the reflective, right, OK, let's go and see how that happened and they can interpret it and read it Better than, a, I think, a referee. Whoever it is, you want them to have a feel for football because that's the thing sometimes you just feel is lacking. It is. And, and like I says, that is that is the art. Like I says, we can we can look at a tackle and say, by the way, that there was, there was no intent there. Or by the way, he was a little bit naughty. He tried to leave something on him. We can tell those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. I'm blowing for full time um, on the Go Radio Football Show for a Thursday. Uh, thanks, Craig. And thanks, Simon, uh, as well. It's uh, flown by as ever. Paul back. Uh, tomorrow night with uh, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi live at five.
There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technology. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.